Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. We are back with another episode from The Dome Podcast, actually, where we talk about feminism, masculinism, I don't don't know if that's an English word, masculinity, femininity, and people love to stick the word toxic in front of both. And when you look at some of those toxic, quote unquote, toxic behaviors of men and women, you find out that it's not necessarily toxic behaviors of women or men. It's just toxic behaviors of people. It's it's character flaws and traits and sin and fallenness that we all walk in, that we all struggle with from time to time, just manifest differently in different people. So I think you, you will enjoy this episode again with Hatsum. Unfortunately, I'm not sure what happened with their audio, but the audio isn't the best. But there are some some pull out some fun stories in this episode. I apologize for being absent for so long. We moved to a new location, and at that new location, we frequently have a water pipe that plays Morse code against the studio wall. It is quite frustrating, but we're in the midst of getting that fixed and. I have been quite busy in the corporeal world as the world of working with our hands and people and face to face and not so much uh, in the world of media at the moment. Uh, I have been thinking about the show every day and we will be getting back to a regular schedule soon. I promise you. Uh, In the meantime, if you've not gone over and listened to my wife's and I's podcast, Batteries Not Included. It is a family culture podcast. How do you build strong and resilient, healthy culture within your family? We have a few episodes out. We will be working on more of those as well to get out to you shortly. Uh, So stay tuned. But if you've not heard those, roll over onto your podcast player and search for Batteries Not Included and Scrobot, SK Robot, and you'll find the show. Well, without further ado, enjoy this episode with Hatim from the Dome podcast. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. My dear brothers and sisters, welcome to Dome podcast. And I'm your host, Hatim al-Abdissalam. Joining me today is my honorable guest, Mr. Lucas Scrobot, who is a podcast host of his own show, The Lucas Scrobot Show. And... Uh, in his show, he discusses the cultural and geopolitical events. He is also the owner of Root Sourdough Bakery. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Kef halak. Alhamdulillah. You're looking better than me today. No, I was looking at you around like, oh my gosh, how long did it take you to do that? You perfect lines. It's just like <laughs> two minutes. Boot. Impossible. I don't believe it. I'd have to see it to believe it. I think one day we have to get you in a dish dash and a you turban. Know, invite me back and I'll wear my dish dash. Okay, that's a deal. Yeah. That's a deal, inshallah. (laughs) Inshallah. So, uh, Lucas, today we're going to talk about something which is important. It touches the lives of a lot of people. We're going to talk about femininity and masculinity. Yes. And uh, I want to start off with the recent incident Mm. that happened uh, on social media uh, about the former uh, kickboxing champion, Andrew Tate, who's been very popular on uh, social media. And the social media platforms, most of them, they decided to block him. Uh, and they thought that he, he they, they called him a, a, a bigot. And also uh, they, they thought that he was toxic. He was mm. spreading toxic masculinity. Yes. So what do you think of the total idea of blocking him? And also some of the controversial things that he he says. Yeah, uh, Andrew Tate is uh, quite the character. Um, uh, I think in many ways he's a showman to get attention. Yes. And bad pl- publicity is good publicity. Any any negative publicity that he can get is still good publicity for him. So probably most of the things he says is just to get a rise, to get people triggered to then have these conversations. But I I looked up some of the quotes that he said. Here's one. 
I don't even know. It's it's so bad. I don't know if he can even say this on the air. He is quoted saying, referring to doing this to a woman, bang out the machete, mm -hmm. boom her face, grip her up by the neck. Mm. So it, it's it's not just that he is you know spreading toxic masculinity. He's advocating for violence against women. Yes. Um, when I listen to his content, I wouldn't want to be associated with any of the ways that he talks about women, any of the ways I wouldn't want my boys to listen to the sorts of ideas that he propagates about yeah. um, when you are insulted, the manly thing to do is return an insult with violence. Um, it's much of the way that he talks um, and objectifying women. He said, you know, talking about, well, if I have a woman, how can I make money off of her? I could open up a strip club, but that takes money. I need overhead. How can I make money off of women? This is a quote from him. Yes. So I don't, you know, people should not be objectified, whether it's a woman or a man. Or a man. So now it goes back to your earlier question about him being blocked off of social media because it's a violation of free speech and social media is all about free speech. Before, sorry to cut you off. Before, no, before uh, blocking him, is everything that he says uh, offensive? Because I heard him once uh, talking about his 73-year-old uh, mm -hmm. uh, grandma mm -hmm. who has, you know, kids and grandkids. And, uh, you know, she dedicated her life to, to, be, to be a mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was talking about women who have careers and they are in their 40s and they're still single. You know, what pride do they have? if they didn't start a family, things yeah. like that. Yeah. So he's advocating uh, for women. Yes, do have a career, but part of your, your, your priorities is to, to start a family, to have kids totally. and, and so on. Yeah. So what, what do you think of, uh, is everything, is everything what, of, what you he know, says of course, is not, Of course, you know, how, how about we say this? There are extremely wicked people in the world. And those wicked people, I mean, I'm talking about like human traffickers, drug traffickers, yes. they have no care for human life. They love their family. They love their kids. You see them with, you know, with their kids, holding, kissing, loving, playing. <laughs> so, you know, you can have someone who's extremely wicked, and I'm not necessarily saying Andrew Tate is this, but there are extremely wicked people out there, and even the wicked love their family. Even the wicked can say things that, like, oh, yeah, I agree with that statement. Andrew Tate, for instance, saying, um, you can't just wake up one day and decide that you're going to identify as a woman. It's like, okay, I guess you could do that, but I don't have to go along with the delusion that you're a woman just because you identify as that. Like, you, you can't do that. So, of course, there are many things that he says that you and I would probably agree with. Yes. Um, but when you think of someone as a role model that you'd want your family or your kids looking up to and saying, wow. Who is influential. Who's influential. I wouldn't want that for my kids. But then it kind of goes to this other point of freedom of speech. Now, even in freedom of speech in the most liberal countries, um, there are limitations to freedom of speech. For instance, I can't it's defamation essentially which means i can't lie about you i can't just go around making up things about you the things that you said your show and hurt your business that's actually illegal so there are, there are limitations within speech uh, one of those limitations that has been set by the law is uh, violence now it gets kind of tricky because it's not just violence but it's the incitement of violence which yeah. is really what they're calling him out on the incitement of violence against women which is kind of hard to figure out wait is this the incitement of violence is this not um the problem that i feel when someone is kicked off of social media or kicked off of one of these uh utility platforms where they're so large that everyone's using them the problem is that where does that person then go it's no longer out in the open square in the open public for everyone to see and hear and say, actually, what he said there, we don't agree with. 
Instead, it goes underground and it becomes much more dangerous. And so it then turns to private platforms where he's able to set up his own private email list, his own private WhatsApp group, his own private platform. And do whatever he wants. And do whatever he wants where no longer is it out in the public where people can see and have public discord. So bad speech ought to always be combated with good speech or with more speech. Um, the moment that we're shutting down our opponents, uh, it's going to have a counterintuitive, a negative effect and re return into results that we don't want to see. So I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan of saying, well, we don't like what he has to say. We're going to shut him down because maybe tomorrow the YouTubes and the Instagrams and the Facebooks of the world won't like what I have to say or won't like what you have to say. So I think we ought to fight for people's freedom of speech, especially on these platforms that are protected under uh, laws both in America and India, Article um, 270 and Article 71, uh, which essentially states that these platforms cannot act as publishers. So a publisher of a newspaper, a publisher of the show, will go through and, and curate and say, we like this content, we're going to push these ideas forward. We don't like this content, we're not going to publish these ideas. But I'm sure, uh, Lucas, there are so many people like Andrew Tate out there who propagate hate in one yeah. way or the other. Sure. But you, you've never come across uh, such an incidence where uh, most of the, the, the popular social media platforms blocking them. Uh, I mean, they might be anti-Semitic, they might be like, like Donald Trump. He got and so deplatformed on. from everything. Yeah, so... Uh, Alex you, Jones, deplatformed from everything. Do you see double standards there? Or is it something that is well, common to be blocked? Yeah, it... You know, if you really start and look to look at it, there are people on both sides of the aisles who have been blocked off. However, there there is a explicit bias within some of these platforms. You look at the people that are hired by Twitter um, and most of them lean towards a progressive liberal worldview. Uh, so I don't have number data in front of me, Yes, but it, it looks as though there is an explicit bias against uh, conservative ideas and ideologies um, rather than against liberal ideologies, even if those liberal ideologies like BLM uh, are explicitly calling for violence, explicitly calling to take to the streets in violence, and you don't see that language being taken down or that th those people being deplatformed. So for sure, I, I think in in these platforms, there's a, a an explicit bias. Okay, and now I think it's it's uh, relatively important to start off with definitions so that yeah. people understand what is femininity and what is masculinity because maybe um, in the past these terminologies existed but you never used them, mm. you never heard them, they were not so popular, people were not really concerned because um, it was very clear and obvious uh, um, each each gender or each uh, category of people, mm -hmm. what are their roles and responsibilities, and mm -hmm. you know the community dictates to you mm -hmm. uh, your nature. But now you hear this; it's it's becoming very common. You hear masculinity and femininity. What do they mean? Great question. In order to unpack it, we, we have to look really what are the psychological, scientific differences yes. between men and women. Uh, but before we get to that, we have to realize that it's a very confusing way that masculinity and femininity is being used. Often today, you'll hear it with the word toxic tagged onto it. Hmm. So you have toxic masculinity, which or toxic femininity, which yes. really is kind of pushing towards saying, if a man is really acting really manly and 
really strong and doesn't show their emotions and is you know propagating violence towards women well that's toxic masculinity and it's assigning a, a gender to behavior and then on the opposite side the people who are pushing this would say toxic femininity would be women who are saying well you just need to stay at home you know don't go outside be submissive quiet be seen not heard don't have don't speak up uh, they would say these are traits of feminine like toxic femininity that both need to be broken to come to something that's more egalitarian egalitarian is a big fancy word that just means everyone is has an equal opportunity or everyone's equal or even some people say an equal outcome um, but when you look at the real differences between masculine and, and feminine which maybe another kind of tangent point is ironic because the, the same people who are pushing these ideas of masculinity and femininity are saying well masculinity and femininity are fluid and you can be whatever you want so it gets that, really that, confusing that, like, wait, that's the confusing so thought. i can identify as anything so then why does my behavior map to my my biological sex i, I don't that doesn't it doesn't make sense but what we what does make sense and th that's why we have you here to <laughs> to clarify it so that we understand yeah so let's understand and clarify the differences between men and women over the last 25 30 years psychology has advanced in our testing methods have advanced to really understand what are the differences between men and women there's a psychometric test or a, a personality test out there called the big five the big five are, are five traits yes they're extroversion mm -hmm. so you know you could be extroverted you'd like to talk a lot hang out with a lot of people or introverted you like to keep to yourself between men and women it's pretty much the same and it's common yeah, it's you common. can have a man who is an introvert and an extrovert. Totally, yeah. totally common. So you look across the spectrum between men and women on the first point of extroversion, pretty much the same. The second one is agreeableness. So it, it means how likable are you? How likely are you to stand up and say, no, I disagree and make a fuss over something? You see that women are more agreeable than men, which that even makes sense in your you know the biological natural mind of saying well yeah okay typically women are home takers children like taking care of children they are looking to make peaceful situations for their home they don't want to stir up conflict Maybe they're more tolerant yeah and and men tend to be hard-headed a little yeah. bit yeah exactly exactly and that's how we're wired it's not it's not it's not a demeaning uh, comment but no that's how we are wired yeah and and then that also for the agreeableness that also plays into gender that the quote-unquote gender pay gap because if you think if you are a man who is not very agreeable and you're always fighting to get your idea heard your raise you you don't mind ruffling feathers and competing well you're going to get to the top why because you're not agreeable. But if you're a woman who doesn't want to, you know, ruffle feathers, you just want people to like you, well, you're not going to ask for that raise. So that that biological difference plays into gender, and, and gender even, pay gap. Even if we go back to the caveman mm -hmm. who used to hunt yes. for his, for, to feed his family. Yes. He was very competitive. Yes. He had to be the best. Yes. Otherwise, his family is going to starve. Exactly. So the, the exact nature is now with a man is a man with a dish dash or a suit yeah the same hunter is a man like me and you yeah so it's na it's a natural thing yes. to be hard-headed competitive yes you want to get to the top yes and that's what's happening yes so the third point is openness now openness is your ability or natural kind of biological tendency to adopt new ideas, to try new food, to travel, so you can be open or you can be not open. Again, men and women, pretty much the, the same. same. Yeah. Then you have conscientiousness, which it's a big word, which even as like a native English speaker, I'm like, oh, conscientiousness, what, what's <laughs> that? I don't know, look it up on my Google. Uh, uh, blame, blame it. Blame it on the English. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely the some American, Latin. The Americans got the English from the English, so. But it means it really means how organized. Yes. And punctual 
and everything needs to be neat and tidy are you. So if you're more conscientious, you're likely to be able to command higher pays and salaries because you're more organized, you're more focused, you're showing up on time, more systematic. Again, men and women, pretty much the same. Then here's the other big difference is neuroticism. Neuroticism is how much do your emotions fluctuate? I should have brought my uh, dictionary today. Yes. Uh, well, it, it sounds like a vocabulary class. It is. It <laughs> is. But I mean, don't worry about the, the actual word. It just means how emotional highs and lows, yes. how much does that move? Men are very different than women in this regard. Men, as you can imagine, the the toxic masculinity is very stoic, right? It's, you know, we don't, we're just kind of steady. It's like, yeah, yeah, babe, it's going along. Women, however, they tend to be more neurotic. Let, let, let me tell you something very funny. I yeah. always give this example. When we guys hang around, yeah. all right, we're watching, let's say, football. Mm. When one of us decide to go to the restroom, I don't, I don't say to my friends, oh, <laughs> let's go to the restroom together. Yeah, we, no, that's not, that's not what we do. And when we are in the restroom, you can't imagine you doing your business and then someone in the next toilet asking you, you know, so how's your day? You know, <laughs> tell me how you feel. It doesn't work that way. But for women, and I, I don't mean it in a demeaning way, that's how they are wired. They, yeah. go, t- they go together. They share feelings. Uh, you know, they would talk. They would discuss things in the restroom. That's pretty normal. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, you know, the caveman you know, thousands of years ago. And the story of man and woman is not a story of competing against one another. It's a story of competing against the dangers of nature in the world, because it is up until the last hundred years, it is a hard place out there fighting against nature, even still. But it's a story of them working together against those forces. Complementing one another. Yes. So you think of why, why over time would would women be more emotional and erotic? Well, that actually complements a marriage because when my wife is like, this is a big deal, like my emotions are a little higher, then me as a man, I have to attend to that. And they are looking out after the home. They're looking out after their children. They're, they're wanting to care for that. And when something is wrong, they're gonna say something. Whereas us men, we're out there trying to slay the the the, the dragon, <laughs> the dragon, or the um, the woolly mammoth to get yeah. dinner. Like, if our emotions are all over the board, like, are we gonna really like face can, can the saber toothed tiger? No. Can, can you imagine if both of us were emotional, or both of us were like, uh, you know, uh, we're into logic, and you know, we had hard feelings, and yeah, we, we're strong and tough. Then I, I it think wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Yeah. So. Staff your weaknesses, as they say in business. Staff your weaknesses, which means if you are good at something, find, hire people who aren't just like you. Hire people who fill your gaps. So now here's the the. So those are the big five. And we extroversion, agreeableness, openness, conscientiousness, and neuroticism. But the other massive difference that has been proven time and time and time again by science before you you take us through that difference let us take a short break perfect dome podcast Podcast. under one roof dear listeners and viewers welcome back to dome podcast and we were talking uh, about femininity and masculinity with our honorable guest locus Mm. so you were saying yeah so we went through the big five and now the other major difference that has been proven time and time and time again by science that is the massive difference between men and women by an entire standard of deviation which we'll talk about what a standard of deviation means yeah is our interest in things versus our interest in people now Hassan, what do you what do you think who of the two genders because there's only two genders <laughs> is more interested in you're, things you're, you're or being, people. You're being bigot now here to other uh, You know what? I <laughs> very close-minded. Okay, so who's interested in things and who's interested in people? Yeah, which one I, of the genders? I, I would assume men are more interested in 
things. Exactly. And and that's why when we go to the mall, we are not there to socialize. We are in the gadget shop. Yes. You know, looking for new gadgets, uh, looking in, into perfumes, cars, clothes. Yes. Whatever we want to possess, then that's our interest. Yes. But uh, for women, no. Um, they go and socialize. It's it's not that like they're not interested in things. They are. Yep. Uh, but they're more into socializing. Yes. And that's why f- to guys like us, I don't mind going shopping alone. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get this cup and come back home. But to our sisters... It's a social experience. Yes. Where I want to go with my friends yes. out to shop for this bag. Yes. Because the entire journey is getting to know one another, talking, discussing, yes. sharing emotions, sharing sto- stories. But for us, no, I, w- I would never call you, man, <laughs> to go shopping. <laughs> well, I'm, a little, will, I'm, a little offended. I'm a little offended, but I understand. <laughs> well, it's up to you, but I'm not going to call you. Uh, probably, thank you, actually. So... Uh, so, yes, that is the biggest difference. Now, uh, a standard of deviation, I'm going to tell you what it means, because when you understand how different we are, it really is eye-opening. So, as you said, it doesn't mean that men aren't interested in people or that no men are interested in people. And it doesn't mean that women aren't interested in things. Um, but what it means is that if you and I, let's say that we are the average just an average guy, the average Abdullah, yes, American, we'd say the average Joe, interested in people. We're 50%. Yes. We're not more interested than the other guy or less interested than the other guy. Interested in people. If we are, sorry, if we are the top 90% of men, so if we're the top 90% interested in people, you and I, we would be this, have the same level of interest in people as the average woman. So if you find any random woman, how interested you are in people, that would map to the top 10% of men who are most interested in people. And the opposite is true. If you and I are just average guys interested in things, not more interested in things than any other guy, yes, we would map to the top 10% of women who are most interested in things. So this plays out in job choices. Now, imagine. Engineers, you have to be very interested in things, very interested to be an engineer. If you are a childhood educator or if you're a nurse, you need to be very interested in people because those jobs require different skills and different tool sets. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So, And even you, if you cross the line and go to the other side where women are interested in people, sorry, women are interested in things, and men are interested in people. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. It's it's a I, spectrum. I know our buddies, the guys who are working as male nurses. Yes. They, they get all the time. They get mocked by. Uh, they got bullied by the fellow guys because you know how can you be a how nurse? How can you be a nurse? How can you be a nurse? Yes. But there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Yeah, so there's so there's nothing there's nothing feminine about a man being interested in people because mm. all men are interested in people. We are on a, a spectrum. There's nothing masculine about a woman being interested in things. But this does play out in our choices of what field we go into. So, for instance, there's a study that looked at the differences between men and women in different work work situations. Yes. So. If you're a vehicle technician or mechanic or electrician working on vehicles, less than 1%, 0.8%, less than 1% of those are women. And the other 99.19% are men. So virtually all vehicle technicians are men. Hmm. Virtually all bricklayers are men. Virtually all carpenters, electricians, plumbers, metal workers, uh, large goods factory drivers, forklift lifters, they're all men. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it's a male-dominant profession because of uh, the lack of, yeah. lack of uh, equality and so on. It has nothing to do with that. It's interest. Now you look at the other side. You, you mentioned male nurses. Well, you would not be surprised to find out 
that 97.77% of nurses are women. Only 2.3% of nurses are men. You, you know, uh, Lucas, when you're extremely in pain, you're, you're sick, you don't want to see a dude coming to you to check your <laughs> blood pressure, man. <laughs> Honestly speaking, you want someone who is gentle and kind who's going to take care of you. Exactly. Uh, you don't. You don't want a male nurse. Uh, sorry, male nurses. You don't uh, want a male. Uh, uh. You don't want a dude coming to your bed and saying, you know, and you, you start complaining, saying, "Oh, this thing hurts." Say, "Hey, grow up, be a man." Exactly. Stop crying. Exactly. You don't so, want that. So, and that, and that right there, that is the typical "be a man, stop crying." Yeah. Is the what people would say is, "Oh, well, that's toxic masculinity right there," yeah. and we'll get this in, in a little bit later at the at the end of this episode about what the real issue, it's not masculinity or, or femininity that's an issue, but if you look at other professions like childhood educators, you know, that's 90, 90% are, sorry, 86.4% of primary nursery educators are female. Or if you look at uh, professional therapists, 89% are female. So now here, here's where everything gets turned upside down on its head and people get flabbergasted by this next point. Mm -hmm. So where do you think you are going to see a more women working as engineers? Would you be more likely to see more women working as engineers in a, a society which is not egalitarian? Egalitarian is equal opportunity. Yes. So in a society where there are there's more work put into the social construction of saying women you need to be like this and men you need to be like this yes would you see more engineers there or would you see more engineers women engineers in a society like uh, in norway or sweden which they work very hard to have an equal opportunity equal playing field equal gender opportunity because they want to see 50 percent of engineers being women and 50% being men. Where do you think you're going to see more engineers being women? In, in, in the second option that you mentioned. The second option? Yes. Because they're pushing for engineers to be women. Yes. It's actually the exact opposite. Really? Really. So here, this is a study from 2018. Across the globe, 8% of females or 8% of engineers manufacturing and construction courses worldwide are enrolled in by females, 8%. And when you look at Saudi Arabia, however, 17% of women are in the STEM fields. Mm. If, you, if you look at the enrollment between male and female in the STEM fields, in America, 32% of the STEM fields are made up of women. But in Saudi Arabia, even though only of the entire male versus female population in the entire university, only 38% of the population of university students are female, that 38% makes up 50% of STEM field students in Saudi Arabia. Yes. So the opposite is happening. When you try to have more social construction and saying, women, you must look like this this is the picture of a woman and man you must look like this the opposite happens we then go against our biological natural tendencies because women now are able to see wait a minute if i become an engineer i have a path to financial stability i have a path to freedom essentially yes and so you've created an incentive system to make women choose something that's against their biological nature Whereas where you, when you remove the social construction, when you remove like in an egalitarian society where you say, everyone, everyone be equal, everyone do what you want, we end up doing what we want. And women you, act you more just, like women you, you and men act it more as like natural. men. Yes. So the, the, in countries that are more egalitarian, you see the largest difference, and this study has been done time and time again, thousands of people, multiple cultures across the globe. Yes. You see the biggest differences psychologically between men and women in societies where they try to put the least amount of pressure on men and women to look like a certain way. 
And this, there's a lot of people in the West who want to see what's called equality of outcome, which means we want to see 50% of nurses be male and 50% be female. We want to see 50% of engineers be female and 50% be male. This is social constructionism. They are very confused by this because they're like, wait a minute, we're trying to get people to do what they want and it should all be equal, but in reality, biology kicks in and we see bigger and bigger differences the more that we flatten the playing field, which is actually good. Now, the thing is, why did this issue become so important suddenly? Mm. It wasn't there before. So what is pushing this, this movement? Uh, there's there's a couple things that are is pushing the movement and we don't have time to dig into it for all in this episode feminism uh which are there multiple waves of feminism mm. which is really pushing the movement um some like the, the first wave of feminism which is women should be able to work and vote and be totally equal to a man i'm all for the other waves no, become no, no, kind I think of weird it's it's very confusing um between uh, the concept of rights and mm -hmm. the com concept of uh, femininity and masculinity because rights yes are dictated by like by law and things like that or divine right divine so rights. For, for example if both of us are doing the same job we should be paid the same way right that's a right but um, imposing the idea that 50 percent of the workforce should be engineers, male yes. engineers, and 50% should be female yes. engineers, that's not a right. No. That's, you, you are going yes. beyond biolo biological yes. differences and yes. you're imposing something that is not natural. It's, it's social constructionists who really, again, if you go back and listen to the previous episode, we touched a lot on this, which is postmodernism or progressivism, where and it comes out of Marxism and communism and socialism. It's all kind of wrapped up. And it's not just Marxism, it's not just socialism, but it falls underneath the broad umbrella called postmodernism. Yes. And they want to engineer society so there's what's called equality of outcome. So versus equality of opportunity. Equality of opportunity means that you and I and everyone else has the same opportunity to get the job, to apply somewhere that we're not barred based on our gender or, or the color of our skin. That would be equality of, of opportunity. But they want to see equality of outcome. Quality of outcome says that if you look across groups of people, the outcomes are the same among each group. But it's just not realistic. For instance, did you know that if you live near water, Mm -hmm. you're going to live 10% longer than someone who lives in a landlocked place. That's really? a natural distribution. Did you know that the firstborn makes 40% more income over their lifetime than the secondborn child? How can you make an equality of outcome there? Or for instance, f women live longer than men. They have a, a longer expected lifespan. How do you have equality of outcome between men and women when it comes to our lifespan. It, there are natural occurrences that cause there to be unequal distributions of wealth, unequal distributions of lifetime. Now, let me ask you a classical question. Why do you think that uh, the Eastern communities are more tolerant to the idea of, uh, you know, um, having a normal society where everybody does their own role it's not imposing any particular gender on the other while uh, western communities are pushing towards uh, feminism femininity and masculinity yeah i, I think I, i'll rephrase the question because okay. i don't necessarily i would agree with the uh, precept of the question yes um you're talking about traditional, quote-unquote, traditional gender roles yes. and a society or culture pushing more of a traditional gender role in the East, yes. whereas there are parts of the West, not all of the West, parts of the West that aren't just saying, hey, you can have freedom to be whatever it is you want, 
but then they're looking to invert those gender roles where they say, no, we want to turn this whole thing up on top of his head. That, is that what you're saying? You're talking about that segment of yes. society that wants to turn it up on I top mean, of his head. I this, mean, this particular conversation, um, it wouldn't be very, very common in the East. I mean, if you right. talk to the, right. the nomads, uh, to the nomad people in the streets, this doesn't, cons it, it's not an issue. Rights would right. be an issue, like women not being able to, to vote, mm -hmm. women not possessing uh, property like, um, you know, men, yes. Yes. Uh, women not being accepted in universities. This would be an issue. Yes. Women having a different set of pay or wage than men. Yes. This, this would be an issue yes. in the East. But it, uh, you know, uh, playing or, or switching uh, uh, roles wouldn't be an issue. So um, if women want, for example, to be engineers, mm -hmm. okay, you're most welcome. But it's not an issue. It's not like they have to fight for their rights to be right. uh, engineers. And the same thing, men, if they want to be nurses or teachers, it's okay. So it's not a big issue. There's, there's somehow understanding because this is not the... Um, this is not the objective of the entire population. It might yes. be the concern of few, but mm -hmm. it's not the objective of the entire. I understand your question better. And I know it's a long question, yeah, but I would I would say first there are a, there's a small, very small segment of society in the West who have taken places of power in media and education who are pushing this and it it's not just feminism and again you know here in the in the east when you talk about feminism you're talking about the things that you just said like women's ability to vote own land yeah and these are pay. these are right feminism yeah. in in the west is a totally different totally different definition and it's moved from that, that women can vote and it's progressed much further and there's four different ways of feminism most of them disagree with each other and within feminism there's a lot of division and fighting like second wave feminists really hate fourth wave feminists uh, however within the you know christian religious community we look at divine like what has been given to us by divine law or divine roles within the family, and we see that the husband is called to be the head of the family. The husband is commanded to love their wives. And so what is love? Well, love is patient, kind, long-suffering, bears all things, believes all things. It's patient. Um, so as husbands, we're commanded to be the heads of the family, to lead our family, and to love our wives. Women in, in our scriptures are com commanded to respect their husband. So now you look so at now, and, and why. This, now this, this is the thing. Mm. This is not degrading. No, if, no. If men are given the responsibility to take care of your, their families and women are given the role to respect their husbands and take care of the households and this, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So why is it now becoming something that it's like a taboo. Because, because shaitan, because Satan, the enemy of all of mankind, hates mankind, hates women, and they hate family. Mm -hmm. And so really, even when you look at feminism, it is, and where it's become, the logical outplay of where it's become, it started off, I think, really great in equal pay and all those things but has morphed into something that is now saying that a man is a woman. And so a woman is now being totally erased. What is a woman? A woman is anything that identifies or feels like a woman. And so it's a blatant attack on the family because if you can destroy the structure of a family, then you can destroy a society. Yeah. Um, I have a lot to, talk, to, to say about this. We'll take another short break and come back to continue our discussion. Dome Podcast, Dome Podcast. Under One Roof. 
Dear brothers and sisters, welcome back to Dome Podcast with my honorable guest, Lucas. And uh, the discussion is heating up. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about changing roles or changing lanes. Uh, when it comes to uh, a man desiring any profession that is more looked at as feminine mm-hmm. and women also vice versa, I don't think everything in their life will also change lanes. So I'll mm-hmm. give you a, a practical example. So if a woman wants to be an engineer, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't change the reality that when they are at home, it's midnight, they're sleeping, and there's a voice outside their house, biologically, automatically, yes. Yes. this will trigger the security instincts or the protecting instincts of a man. Yes. He's the one who's going to jump up and go and check. You know, although this will cause him to risk his life, yes. but he's willing to do that. Despite yes. the reality, she's an engineer, but you can't change the reality that this is the role of the man. This yes. is what is expected from yes. him to do. You, 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 it's, it's almost impossible that you would find a man saying to his wife, you know what, we're equal. You go and check. It's your turn today. Totally. Yeah, it, it, it's almost never will happen. Well, so yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the thing. We can't change roles completely. I can't be a woman and she can't be a man. Yes, we can do other professions like the best chefs in the world are men. The best uh, uh, hair designers are men. The best uh, fashion designers are men. And so on. There's nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't change the reality of who you are biologically. Yeah. And that's why that's where we need our uh, divine guidance because it regulates who you are. So I, I agree with you. What's interesting, it, it's really this conversation goes back to, to nature versus nurture and you've probably even talked about on the show nature is what is biologically your tendency in in you we've talked about that versus nurture or what would be what is the cultural pressures that are on you or the way that you've been raised to live and act a certain way and what the studies show over thousands of hundreds of thousands of people across every culture is that when you minimize nurture when you minimize how much structure a society places on people, what then happens is our natural biological tendencies come out and you get just that, what you said. You get the fact that a man is going to stand up and guard his house and that women are going to become nurses rather than engineers. But the opposite's true. When you put restraints on society and you say no, Women must look like this, and men must look like this. These are the roles for women, and these are the roles for men. The science then shows that women choose to be engineers because they see a path to freedom, and you've created an incentive structure to change and for a person to go towards uh, a, a social structure rather than a biological tendency of their own interest, which is counterintuitive. The thing is... Uh this calls this is called in Arabic fitra, yeah. natural inclination. Yeah, you are born and wired and structured and designed by your Creator to be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, why do we have to be competitive with the other gender? Why do we have to prove ourselves? Mm. So what? Some in some circumstances, you know, I, I just want to be in this particular profession. To prove that I can, I can be better than them, mm-hmm. or I can do this. Mm-hmm. Why do you always have to justify yourself? Why do you always have to prove yourself? You can shine in your own area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are you proving it to? Right. So, and you're talking about between the genders. Between the genders, we only we only have two genders. Yes, we only so, have so two genders. So the competition is only between For two all genders. Of you out there, there's yeah. two. There's Adam and Eve. There's no Adam and Steve. <laughs> uh, so he, he, here's something that goes back to your your previous question of you know why 
you know, what, why is this new thing happening? And it's really, it's not new. There's a, a historical s- story in the, in the Kitab al-Muqaddas, in the Bible, of a wicked queen named Jezebel mm-hmm. and a wicked king named Ahab. And they, uh, you know, they had child sacrifices. They did um, uh, essentially uh, cult, the cultic practices. And Jezebel, the queen, she was the uh, epitome of what we would, what we're talking about here today, as far as the one who wears the pants. Mm-hmm. She ran the show. She was controlling, manipulative. Uh, intimidating, murderous, uh, and she had subverted the natural order of the family. So she was the head of the family. And then you look at Ahab. Ahab is a, he is a sloth. He is passive. He lays in his bed. When he doesn't get what he wants, he cries and he throws a fit. And he goes to his wife, oh, Jezebel, I wanted to buy someone's land. They wouldn't, they wouldn't sell me their vineyard. Jezebel says, that's fine. And she sends her men, slaughters the family and says, here, Ahab, here's your land. And so this is, you know, this is something that has been a pattern for thousands of years of the inversion of the roles. And you can see it in relationships and families Mm -hmm. all over the place, regardless of the culture or regardless of, you know, the way that, yeah, regardless of the, the East or the West, you see and you can find women who have that same spirit where they wear the pants of the family, where they overpress the husband, and the husband is just passive Ahab. He's just laying in bed, whining, moaning, passive, not standing up for himself, has no spine. And it is truly sad because the woman is trying to grab on security and power because the man is not standing up with security and power. So she's taking it for herself. And the man, he's just trying to, you know, love his wife, take care of his wife. And so yeah. just whatever you want, babe, just, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to. And that, that is a subversion, the flipping that you're seeing in the West. So it's not a, it's not a new thing. There's nothing new underneath the sun. This is an, an old thing that we can even see throughout our scriptures that we're warned against, which is don't be a Jezebel and don't be a Ahab. Here's the right order of a family. And within that order, men are still commanded to love. The issue with yeah. Andrew Tate is he is not talking about women in any sort of loving way whatsoever, unless it's his mom that he, he loves. Well, that's great. Everyone loves their mom. Even the most murderous people love their mom. Yeah. And so you know, even when you, you look at that, it's like, okay, he has some, some good ideas, but they're still so twisted that it's not, it's not following what God would want for all of our families. Indeed, indeed. Well, I think we have a lot to talk about. But one more thing that I want to ask you is the Me Too movement. Yeah. <laughs> Where did it start and, you know, what's it about? Because these sort of things, they are very alien when it, when it comes to the <laughs> Middle East. And it's not really yeah. clear. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, me Too. Uh, so Me Too movement... I, I don't, off the top of my head, remember the, the exact incident that kicked off the Me Too movement. But in the West, we have a, a, a specifically in America, it's not even parts of Europe isn't like this. We have a law that essentially says you are innocent until you are proven guilty. Yes. In many other places of the world, it's you are guilty until you are proven innocent. Mm. And so it, in the West, there's an incident where uh, a woman said that she was raped or assaulted, sexually assaulted by a man. And people jumped on this bandwagon of saying, me too, that I've been oppressed. Yeah. oppressed in a certain way. And essentially calling out their oppressor publicly, doxing them, which means, you know, sharing their public information, your private information publicly online, ruining people's careers because it moved out of dealing something within the confines of a court of law and dealing with it within public opinion. So that was, you know, the the big thing that you saw with the Johnny Depp case recently yes. was that Johnny Depp was, um, uh, I even this is how much I don't know about pop culture, 
uh, was suing his ex-wife, forgot her name, shame on uh, me. Amber, I think. Amber, Amber yeah. Something Amber. Because she essentially defamed him, which goes back to what we're talking about yes. of freedom of speech. Is like, okay, you have freedom of speech, but you can't lie about someone. Yeah. And so the Me Too movement came out of women saying, hey, we've actually been abused and our voices have not been heard. Um, and it became this cultural moment that was probably done in an unhealthy way because it was assuming people's guilt outside of a court of law and people's lives were ruined rather than prosecuting these men and seeing them go to jail if they really did and, and assault the, the women. the issue with that is putting all men in the same pot that yes. all of them are evil, all of them are, uh, they, they go to harass other women and so on. And, that, and, that's, and that's a problem. Yeah, because was, generalizing was, an issue is not a healthy the, thing. It goes to what is called the tyrannical patriarchy. The tyrannical patriarchy is synonymous or means the same thing as a toxic masculinity, which, you know, the tyrannical patriarchy which says that there is a certain order or the patriarchy is there's a certain order, which is the man is the head of a family and there's a, a structure. Uh, the quote-unquote tyrannical patriarchy would say, well, there are systematic uh, oppressions against women, and you can see that because look at all the CEOs, look at all the engineers, they're all men, they're not women. This is the tyrannical patriarchy. Men are just oppressing women. But you look at, okay, if a man as a CEO is being actually tyrannical, which means he is He's being abusive, he's being manipulative, he's being he's a thief, he's cheating people out of their pay. If that is the CEO of your company, the board is going to fire him quite quickly. They don't want that for their company. It ultimately hurts their company. And then you look at what re is required for a man to become a CEO of the top, you know, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. It takes 80-hour weeks for 40 years of their life. Oftentimes, women, they don't want to put in that sort of hours. It takes coming in on weekends and overtime and extreme amount of focus. Um, so it takes an extreme amount of dedication. So it would be a, a misnomer. It would be incorrect to, to assume that, well, because all these CEOs are male, it's a sign that there is a, a system set up against women to oppress them when maybe it is it's a system based on meritocracy, which a system, meritocracy is another big word. That means a system that is based on if you perform well, you get rewarded for how you perform. And that men and women make different choices based on our bi biological makeups to say, actually, it's really just not worth giving 100 hours of my life every week to this company. I want to have a life for myself. I want to enjoy my family. I want to enjoy my kids. And that's okay. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with in, that. Indeed. Now, I, I, I want you to give a piece of advice to the people in the Middle East because yeah. maybe it's too soon for us to worry about these issues. Uh, they're not uh, very popular in, in, in our society. Maybe most of the terminologies you've, you've used uh, today, maybe a lot of us we've never heard before. The youth and, have. Uh, the, and, and most we have an experience maybe. So you've been there, you've tried it, uh, you've seen it, uh, you've analyzed it uh, in, in your society, Western society, and you've seen the effect of it. Mm -hmm. What can we tell the, especially the youth in the, in the Middle East, who may be somehow adopting these uh, ideas, like the ideas of our friend Andrew Tate? Yeah, I, I would say... Um you know, the, uh, there's a huge bait and switch going on. Mm. It's um, the result of these ideas are going to produce a fruit in your life opposite of what you want. So uh, the, when I say fruit of our life, I mean like the things that then happen in our life. So what we believe, what we think becomes, you know, what we believe becomes what we think. And what we think becomes what we do. And what we do becomes the fruit of our life. The, the results that come back to us becomes our environment. So oftentimes we adopt these ideas yes. that 
seemingly they, they seem really tasty and good on the front side of it. Um, whether it's the idea of, oh yeah, I can be a, a violent, abusive man and that is within my right. Or, oh, I, you know, the opposite of like, oh, I can disregard um, my natural biology and that's within my right. But when you play that out over years in your life, oftentimes you get the opposite effect, which even it goes to, you know, the back to that study, it's really when we give freedom, that then produces the effect that we want. It produces the natural biological effect, which is very counterintuitive. Lucas uh, Scrobot, thank you very much for being on our show, Doom Podcasts. I really enjoyed today's session and I've learned new vocabulary. Good. So see you soon, inshallah, inshallah. with the dish dash. Next time. Inshallah. Dear brothers and sisters, thank you very much for um, following Dome Podcast with me, your host, Hatem al See you next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back just in a couple of weeks with consistent programming yet again. Until then, enjoy your holidays and have a happy new year.